Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, August 12th. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayat Kanan, and it means, And I pleaded. Deuteronomy 6, 1-25 And this is the instruction, the laws and the rules that Hashem your God has commanded me to impart to you to be observed in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you, your children, and your children's children may revere Hashem your God 
and follow as long as you live all his laws and commandments that I enjoin upon you, to the end that you may long endure. Obey, O Israel, willingly and faithfully, that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as Hashem, the God of your fathers, spoke to you. Hear, O Israel, Hashem is our God, Hashem alone. You shall love Hashem your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Take to heart these instructions with which I charge you this day. Impress them upon your children. Recite them when you stay at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign upon your hand, and let them serve as a symbol upon your forehead. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. When Hashem your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to assign to you great and flourishing cities that you did not build, houses full of all good things that you did not fill, hewn cisterns that you did not hew, vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant, and you eat your fill, take heed that you do not forget Hashem who freed you from the land of Egypt, the house of bondage. Revere only Hashem your God and worship Him alone and swear only by His name. Do not follow other gods, any gods of the peoples about you. For Hashem your God in your midst is an impassioned God. Lest the anger of Hashem your God blaze forth against you and He wipe you off the face of the earth. Do not try Hashem your God as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commandments, decrees, and laws that Hashem your God has enjoined upon you. Do what is right and good in the sight of Hashem, that it may go well with you, and that you may be able to possess the good land that Hashem your God promised on oath to your fathers, and that all your enemies may be driven out before you as Hashem has spoken. When in time to come your children ask you what mean the decrees, laws, and rules that Hashem our God has enjoined upon you, you shall say to your children, We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, and Hashem freed us from Egypt with a mighty hand. Hashem wrought before our eyes marvelous and destructive signs and portents in Egypt against Pharaoh and all his household. And us he freed from there, that he might take us and give us the land that he had promised on oath to our fathers. Then Hashem commanded us to observe all these laws, to revere Hashem our God for our lasting good and for our survival, as is now the case. It will be, therefore, to our merit before Hashem our God to observe faithfully this whole instruction as He has commanded us. Nehemiah 3.15-5.13 Shalom, son of Kolhoza, chief of the district of Mitzpah, repaired the foundation gate. He rebuilt it and covered it and set up its doors, locks, and bars, as well as the wall of the irrigation pool of the king's garden, as far as the steps going down from the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, chief of half-district of Bethzur repaired from in front of the graves of David as far as the artificial pool and as far as the house of the warriors. After him, the Leviim repaired 
Rehum son of Bani, next to him Hashabiah, chief of half the district of Keilah, repaired for his district. After him their brothers repaired, Bavai, son of Hanadad, chief of half the district of Keilah. Next to him Ezer, son of Yeshua, the chief of Mitzpah, repaired a second stretch from in front of the ascent to the armory at the angle of the wall. After him, Baruch, son of Zakkai, zealously repaired a second stretch, from the angle to the entrance to the house of Elishiv, the Kohen Gadol. After him, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakos, repaired a second stretch, from the entrance to Elyashiv's house to the end of Elyashiv's house. After him, the Kohenim, inhabitants of the plain, repaired. After them, Benjamin and Hashub repaired in front of their houses. After them, Azariah, son of Messiah, son of Ananiah, repaired beside his house. After him, Benui, son of Hanadad, repaired a second stretch from the house of Azariah to the angle to the corner. Palal, son of Uzai, from the front of the angle and the tower that juts out of the house of the king, the upper tower of the prison compound. After him, Padiah, son of Perosh. The temple servants were living on the Ophel, as far as a point in front of the water gate in the east, and the jutting tower. After him, the Tekoites repaired a second stretch, from in front of the great jutting tower to the wall of the Ophel. Above the horse gate, the Kohanim repaired, each in front of his house. After them, Zadok, son of Immer, repaired in front of his house. After him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, keeper of the east gate, repaired. After him, Shaniah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zaloth, repaired, a second stretch. After them, Meshulam, son of Barakah, repaired in front of his chamber. After him, Malkijah of the smiths repaired as far as the house of the temple servants and the merchants, from in front of the muster gate to the corner loft. And between the corner loft to the sheep gate, the smiths and the merchants repaired. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, it angered him, and he was extremely vexed. He mocked the Jews, saying in presence of his brothers and the Shamran force, What are the miserable Jews doing? Will they restore, offer sacrifice, and finish one day? Can they revive these stones out of the dust heaps, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite alongside him said, That stone wall they are building, if a fox jumped and climbed it, he would breach it. Hear, our God, how we have become a mockery, and return their taunts upon their heads. Let them be taken as spoil to a land of captivity. Do not cover up their iniquity, or let their sin be blotted out before you, for they hurl provocations at the builders. We rebuilt the wall till it was continuous all around to half its height, for the people's heart was in the work. When Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that healing had come to the walls of Jerusalem, that the breached parts had begun to be filled, it angered them very much. And they all conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to throw it into confusion. Because of them we prayed to our God and set up a watch over them day and night. Yehuda was saying, The strength of the basket carrier has failed, and there is so much rubble, we are not able ourselves to rebuild the wall. And our foes were saying, 
Before they know or see it, we shall be in among them and kill them and put a stop to the work. When the Ehudim living near them would arrive, they would tell us time and again from all the places where you shall come back to us. I stationed on the lower levels of the place, behind the walls, on the bare rock. I stationed the people by families with their swords, their lances, and their bows. Then I decided to exhort the nobles, the prefects, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Think of the great and awesome Hashem, and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies learned that it had become known to us, since Hashem had thus frustrated their plan, we could all return to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half my servants did work, and half held lances and shields, bows and armor, and the officers stood behind the whole house of Yehuda, who were rebuilding the wall. The basket carriers were burdened, doing work with one hand, while the other held a weapon. As for the builders, each had his sword girded at his side as he was building. The trumpeter stood beside me. I said to the nobles, the prefects, and the rest of the people, There is much work, and it is spread out. We are scattered over the wall, far from one another. When you hear a trumpet call, gather yourselves to me at that place. Our God will fight for us. And so we worked on, while half were holding lances from the break of day until the stars appeared. I further said to the people at that time, Let every man with his servant lodge in Jerusalem, that we may use the night to stand guard and the day to work. Nor did I, my brothers, my servants, or the guards following me ever take off our clothes, or each his weapon, even at the water. There was a great outcry by the common folk and their wives against their brother Yehudim. Some said, Our sons and daughters are numerous. We must get grain to eat in order that we may live. Others said, We must pawn our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain to stave off hunger. Yet others said, We have borrowed money against our fields and vineyards to pay the king's tax. Now we are as good as our brothers, and our children as good as theirs. Yet here we are subjecting our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters are already subjected, and we are powerless, while our fields and vineyards belong to others. It angered me very much to hear their outcry and these complaints. After pondering the matter carefully, I censored the nobles and the prefects, saying, Are you pressing claims on loans made to your brothers? Then I raised a large crowd against them and said to them, We have done our best to buy back our Yehudish brothers, who were sold to the nations. Will you now sell your brothers so that they must be sold back to us? They kept silent, for they found nothing to answer. So I continued, What you are doing is not right. You ought to act in a Hashem-fearing way so as not to give our enemies, the nations, room to reproach us. I, my brothers and my servants, also have claims of money and grain against them. Let us now abandon those claims. Give back at once their fields, their vineyards, their olive trees, and their homes, and abandon the claims for the hundred pieces of silver, the grain, the new wine, and the oil that you have been pressing against them. They replied, We shall give them back and not demand anything of them. We shall do just as you say. Summoning the Kohanim, I put them under oath to keep this promise. I also shook out the bosom of my garment and said, 
So may Hashem shake free of his household and property any man who fails to keep this promise. May he be thus shaken out and stripped. All the assembled answered, Amen, and praised Hashem. The people kept this promise. First Corinthians seven twenty five to forty. Now concerning virgins, I, Paul, have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that has obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Are you bound to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, and if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remains that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it. For the fashion of this world passes away. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried cares for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married cares for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cares for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. But if any man thinks that he behaves himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and needs so require, let him do what he will, he sins not. Let them marry. Nevertheless, he that stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will, and has so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, does well. So then he that gives her in marriage does well, but he that gives her not in marriage does better. The wife is bound by the Torah as long as her husband lives, but if her husband is dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. Only in the Lord. But she is happier if she so abide after my judgment, and I think also that I have the Spirit of God. Psalm 32, 1-11 Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity have I not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. 
For this shall every one that is godly pray unto you in a time when you may be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come near unto him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Be not as the horse or the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near to you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy, shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you that are upright in heart. Proverbs 21, 5-7 The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of every one that is hasty, only to want. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them, because they refuse to do judgment. I'd like to speak to you today from Deuteronomy chapter 6, our Torah portion, and then we're going to jump into Nehemiah chapters 3 through 5. And so, starting in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, Hashem is our God, Hashem alone. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The single most important belief in the Bible is the belief in monotheism, the oneness of God. This key principle is attested to in this fundamental verse known as the Shema, which is recited twice each day by Jews. In the unique system of gematria, in which every Hebrew letter is assigned a numerical value, the word echad, which means one, and is translated here as alone, adds up to 13. 13 is also the numerical value of the word ahava, love. The hidden message of this gematria is that the, the greatest love a person can feel is the love of the one and only God, whose very essence is love. Continuing on in chapter 6, verse 6, Take to heart these instructions with which I charge you this day. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Rashi, the great Torah commentator, asks why Moses says that he is commanding the people the laws of the Torah this day, since the Torah had actually already been given 38 years earlier. He explains that this expression indicates that we must always look at the teachings of the Bible as if they are new and fresh and exciting, as if they were given today, and not as outdated or relics of the past. New lessons of growth and inspiration relevant to our contemporary lives can always be found in the Torah if we merely look for them. Now let's jump into Nehemiah chapter 3, and let's zip, zoom in on verse 15. 
Shalom, son of Kol Hosea, chief of the district of Mitzpah, repaired the foundation gate. He rebuilt it and covered it and set up its doors, locks, and bars, as well as the wall of the irrigation pool of the king's garden, as far as the steps going down from the city of David. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The most extraordinary site where one can see the merging of biblical text with archaeology is Jerusalem, City of David National Park. Although identified in the mid-19th century, many answers to biblical riddles still lay locked beneath its soil. In 2005, Israeli archaeologist Elat Mazar discovered a large stone structure that she believes to be the foundations of King David's palace, illuminating the verse, David captured the stronghold of Zion. It is now the city of David. As one stands in this spot and gazes at the mountains in all directions, King David's words come to life. Jerusalem, hills enfold it, and Hashem enfolds his people now and forever. Psalm 125.2 And I do have a dear friend, Anarina Hyman, and she has made this statement. She's an Orthodox Jew who lives in Jerusalem, Anarina Hyman Kreisman, and she has said, if you come to Jerusalem and you go to the old city, you still have not really seen the genuine Jerusalem. The genuine Jerusalem is when you go into the city of David. Then you will have been to Jerusalem. Continuing on in Nehemiah, let's jump into chapter 4. And we see that the people who are working to rebuild this wall are getting some pushback from Sanballat and Tobiah. And so he exhorts them, Nehemiah exhorts them, and he says in verse 8, Do not be afraid of them. Think of the great and awesome Hashem, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And continuing on in verse 10, From that day on, half my servants did work, and half held lances and shields, bows and armor. And the officers stood behind the whole house of Yehuda, who were rebuilding the wall. The basket carriers were burdened, doing work with one hand while the other held a weapon. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Throughout the Tanakh, God does wonders and miracles to save his people. Although perhaps one would think that a nation under Hashem's direct protection should not need arms to defend itself, it is his will that people conduct themselves in a natural manner. Only when necessary will Hashem intervene with open miracles. This verse describes how in Nehemiah's time, those rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem would work with one hand while holding weapons of self-defense in the other hand. Though they rely on their own strength for protection, they remember that the Lord is the source of their might and their success. As described earlier in verse 3, First they prayed to our God, and then they set up a watch against their enemies. Today the soldiers of the Israel Defense Forces are the ones protecting the nation of Israel. At IDF swearing-in ceremonies, each soldier is given a Tanakh to hold in one hand, and a gun in the other. In this way, Israeli soldiers are the spiritual descendants of Nehemiah's workforce, who are reminded 
that it is not their strength alone that protects the nation, but Hashem above. And we shall continue in Nehemiah tomorrow. Have a blessed day. Shalom. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.